0: Hello all, and welcome to the Ex Millennial Man podcast, the podcast for seedsing.com. I am your host, RD Kulik, and finally back after a long, let's see, it was me screaming about, I don't know, probably Joe Biden or something. And then uh, getting
1: vaccinated.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. And then we had to talk to Tina about the French Open. And so, been a while, but the greatest other host, Ty, is back from his excursions in the South. How are
1: you today, Ty? Hi everybody, doing good. Excursions in the south. It was very hot, but at least I got to swim in the oceans uh, in the ocean there, so that was cool. But yeah, it's been. I was thinking about that the other day. It's been a while since I've been on here.
0: So uh, what I decided in the interim, you know, trying to get back to this whole Generation X, Millennial type thing, kind of the history of our time, and you know, I'll say honoring two two programs that I really like, but honestly, I'm kind of stealing a few things. So you know, you guys can come at me. But there's a mm-hmm. show on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. There's also like The Movies That Made Us. And it talks yeah. mainly about the toy lines of mostly my childhood, but it does cover a few things, 80s and 90s. The other one is the podcast, The Dollop, where one guy, Dave Anthony, tells an American history story to the other guy, Gareth Reynolds, that doesn't know what's going on and he just or doesn't know the story. So we're kind of doing that with toys, Ty. I'm going to tell you about a toy line. About its history, about all the craziness, and just realize how 10 and 11 year olds in the 1980s were being heavily influenced by 40, 50 year olds doing mounds and mounds of cocaine. It just get your reaction because you probably just know these things as some toys or some movies because a lot of this stuff's being remade. I'm not going to cover G.I. Joe today. That is coming, Uh, but in a couple of weeks. No, in a couple of weeks, (laughs) there's a big live action G.I. Joe movie. There's these renaissance. No. The one I'm going to cover is, I think the toy line that has had honestly the longest, it's had the most longevity. But when I tell you about this thing, it's gonna, I, I, it's gonna be hard to explain why its longevity is is there. So you ready?
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going in fully blind, so I don't know what what's happening here.
0: All right, so let's do it here. Uh, you can you see my little guy?
1: Yep, I can see it.
0: (laughs) That's Hot Rod, the Transformers. So I'm going to talk to you about the Transformers (laughs) toy line, all right? Okay. And if our parents still listen to this, I'm going to apologize ahead of time because I'm going to make it sound like we grew up in some poor shanty shack or whatever because I'm going to talk about the expense of the Transformers and the fact that I didn't have a whole lot of them.
1: Uh, We didn't grow up in a shanty town. No, we didn't. I'm
0: just (laughs) saying this. To me, the Transformers were always
1: the rich kid toys. They had that.
0: Sure. So let me do really brief. Briefly, kind of where where this started, and then I'll get into the craziness here. Okay. Uh, so, like any transforming robot into vehicles or something, it, it predictably came from Japan. So, okay. they, At the time, there was things like uh, Robotech, which was... They were like machines that transformed into robots, but people flew them around, all this other stuff. And there was a, temp- a company called Takara Tomi, who was making... Like, everyday things that would transform into robots. They had, like, cameras, and they had, like, Sony Walkman, and they would make, like, an airplane or something like that. Well, always looking for a way to sell crap to kids in the United States, you had uh, Hasbro got involved, and they're like, okay, they've already been successful, they've had some success with their G.I. Joe toy line. There's obviously the Star Wars to- toy line is going—this is a renaissance of toys for basically little boys, you know, because— I didn't have Barbies growing up. I didn't play with dolls, Ty. I played with action
1: figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah, I didn't play with either. So, <laughs> so,
0: so they, U.S. bought uh, some of these molds and uh, Takara, they, you know, they worked together and they created this line of transforming toys. Now, this is going to be, every time I do one of these, you're going to kind of hear the same thing. There's a toy line, then there's a cartoon, and then there's a comic book
1: what about movies well
0: i'll get that that is coming oh. <laughs> i'll get okay. to that star wars is really the only toy line being fed by a movie this was also the golden age of saturday morning cartoons or even for me for the most part another toy line i'll cover in the future voltron it was a lot of times these shows were on right after school they were on at like 3 30 4 o'clock 4 30 so you'd rush home and you'd watch them what was it on the simpsons the Nestle Chocobot Dino whatever thing. Yeah,
1: it's a bunch of yeah, Nestle, yeah, Chocobot like Nestle presents transforming robots or something yeah, they yeah. called
0: it. Yeah. And you see at the beginning it's like Colonel Ka- or Colonel, Colonel Kataffi Kataffi is coming after us. Put down those lovely toys and they I like <laughs> that's what these were. These cartoons were basically advertisements to tell kids to go buy toys. Go tell your parents to buy Bone Storm or go to hell. That type of stuff. <laughs> So (laughs) I mean, Bone Storm, i go to hell. So this is all true. But the problem is there were standards about advertising toys on children's programming. You couldn't have your G.I. Joe cartoon showing you, oh, and by the way, go buy these toys. But there were no rules, or Transformers we're talking about here, but there's no rules on advertising a comic book. So what they did is Marvel uh, did all these comics. They would do the comic book. They would do the show. They would advertise the comic book on the show, and kids weren't stupid, knew damn well, okay, first off, I got to go buy that comic book. Second off, I got to go buy that toy. That's why they did this. Is basically what it was. Okay. Transformers started off, I'm going to give you a rundown of these kind of first wave things and what some of the prices are on it, all right? All right. So it was in 1984 that Hasbro first put these out, and there were 28 original figures. You could go to the stores. There's 28 you could buy, and they were divided up into two factions. When I get into their history, I'll get more into the just pure madness that this is. But there was the Autobots, who were the good guys, and the Decepticons, who were the bad guys. Now, okay. great shout out to um, the, the most famous comic actor of our time, John Cena. He was in the bumblebee movie a few years back and he even said at one time they call themselves decepticons isn't that a red flag so yeah
1: 100 anyway,
0: the autobots had uh like there's all these different sizes you could buy you go to the store there's different sizes and obviously the biggest one the most popular one the hero of the whole thing is optimus prime who who transformed in what every little boy wanted which was a semi-truck yeah <laughs> okay he, he was the stud he, and look he had a semi-truck, and he had the trailer, and the trailer would transform into his base. Now, I'm going to tell you, Ty, this is 1984, okay? This mm-hmm. toy cost, in 1984, 25 bucks.
1: That's expensive. Yeah. At then. the
0: same time, a Star Wars figure or G.I. Joe figure is costing between 2 and
1: $3. Yeah.
0: So, that would be equivalent yeah. today. You go out with your son, who I'm going to assume has played with Transformers sometime in his past. He has
1: some <laughs> in his room right now. but.
0: Think about nowadays. If he's like that, is the prime toy he wants? It would be like seventy bucks.
1: For- it's not more than that. I mean, eighty four was what thirty. I was two years old, so thirty six mm-hmm. years ago. So it's got to be. I would say that'd be upwards, probably closer to like eighty or ninety bucks.
0: Now on the other side, the bad guys, and this one yeah. I, when I looked it up, I mean, it, it's people come at me and correct me. I don't give a damn. But this <laughs> other one, the main bad guy, it was like in the fifteen to eighteen dollar range. His dude. This dude's name was Megatron. And he transformed, and I kid Mm -hmm. you not, into a handgun. And it looked like a real (laughs) handgun. (laughs) Okay, Uh, It was silver and black. It wasn't like my son's Nerf guns that are like bright blue and neon orange. It was a gun. It was a flat-out gun. Now, today, Megatron's still around. He transforms into some alien-looking tank. He doesn't transform into guns anymore.
1: So, in 1984, they sold a toy that turned into a handgun? Yep. For and eighteen dollars. Oh yeah, and
0: if you look at the original like model, where is where his junk is, where his crotch is, that's where the trigger is.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> that's that's so just uh, they, that couldn't be done today. No, what does no. it transform into now?
0: Uh, it's, a, it's like some alien tank looking thing.
1: That's so weird. It's just, I mean, again, it's not a long time, but I guess it is a long time where it was a handgun and now it's an alien. That's wild.
0: Yeah. Let's go to the rest of the good guys. There was Blue Streak, Hound, Ironhide, Jazz, Mirage, Prowl, Ratchet, Sideswipe, Sunstreaker, Trailbreaker, and Wheeljack. Now, almost all of these guys are some kind of just basic car, and these would retail in like the $10 range, okay?
1: Why were they so expensive back then?
0: Well, so if you look at it, and I mean, again, this is a uh, this is a audio. People can't see it visually. But I've got my little transforming guy. These things are extraordinarily complex. They're like a puzzle box. Yeah. And I will say okay. this, and I'm going to talk about GoBots in a minute here. They were sturdy as hell. They were sure. not breaking. They were, again, I needed to get directions to make sure I knew how the hell to put this thing together. Of these, like, cars, you know, a couple of them, The most of them were, like, sports cars. Porsches, Lamborghinis, too. a lot of these were the exact same Transformer. They were just colored differently because you're okay. reading the comic book and because you're reading or watching the cartoon, you need that character.
1: Well, yeah, it's the same thing with the Ninja Turtles. I mean, I'm sure they were all painted the same. Then they just painted on their fade, their uh, their thing they put over their eyes, different
0: mm-hmm. colors. Yeah. Then they had these things called mini cars, which did retail <laughs> in, like, the 3 to $5 range. So this was a bit more affordable and there was bumblebee cliff jumper gears huffer and windchanger bumblebee being the more more famous one because it's a vw Bug. Now, so, you know, almost all of these were the exact same mold. They just, again, were different colors or their heads looked a little bit different. I, again, I got to apologize to mom and dad. Maybe it wasn't that they were like, look, it's not that we're cheap and we're not going to buy you the super expensive toys that we're not going to buy you three that are exactly the same just because you're stupid cartoon.
1: <laughs> That's what say. Mom and dad were smart enough mm-hmm. to understand that it was all the same stuff. But I, real quick, I like I know the name Bumblebee mm-hmm. and you keep talking about it. You said the name Jazz earlier. Now. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of these other names you're talking about, but I do know Jazz from watching Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. Was that the one who was supposed to be African American?
0: Scatman Crothers actually did the voice of him on the cartoon.
1: Okay, there's a great joke about it on on Thirty Rock, and I, that's the only reason why I know the name Jazz. But that's kind of a uh, that's an interesting name for a Transformers well, well, yes, Jazz. Yes. yes. <laughs>
0: Anyways, they, uh, yeah. That's uh and they all they all had their weird backstories. They all had their mm. things. And the ones I'm listing now, most of you if you are even just casual fans, you probably remember these names well because as the toy line or as the franchise has survived all these years, these are the ones that have survived. Yeah, and no you know Bumblebee being the biggest one who mm. like I said, he was called that cuz he transformed into the VW Bug. In the Michael Bay movie I'm going to talk about in a while, he famously was a Camaro. Then in the, okay. the newer film they made where they kind of retconned everything, he started out as a bug and ended the movie as a Camaro. But he was really, and when I talk about the comic book, he was really not that major of a character. But I think he became such a big deal because as a kid, we all owned him because our parents weren't out there shelling out 25 bucks for this Optimus Prime. They're going to shell out 3 bucks I, For Christmas, I'm going to get a Bumblebee. There's okay. kind of this nostalgia retro feel of it's a VW Bug. And even to the point yeah. is, I've looked on eBay and I've looked at these things. Oh, how much would it cost to get like an old Transformer? Now, if you want a Megatron, you're talking about a thousand bucks. Jesus. Because they're not making that because it's a gun. It looks like a real gun. Yeah. But the bumblebees are actually up there too. It is really hard to find a bumblebee that changes into a VW Bug. But anyways, I want to talk about one particular bad guy because okay. this is why people love transformers people are going to people my age because people are going to tell you Ty that optimus prime's the greatest and all this other stuff all those people are full of crap we all love <laughs> okay. transformers because of sound wave now sound
1: i've never even heard of sound wave now optimus prime is
0: if i ever meet michael bay in real life i'm gonna the first thing i'll ever say to him is you ruin sound wave
1: what? That's the first thing you'll say yes, to him. Yes, well, it be is. for all the terrible, all the terrible movies. He no, made? no.
0: I'll say Rock was pretty good. No, it, it's not. Though. Con That's Air, Con Air kicks ass. I'll Con tell Air is, you. No, it's not. <laughs> so, anyways, Soundwave transformed into a tape deck like a boombox.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: and he had these little other transformers you could buy: Buzzsaw, Frenzy, Laserbeak, Ravage, Rumble, who were cassette tapes. Who would turn into like these badass looking birds or panthers or something. But the coolest thing about Soundwave is he had this auto tune type voice that was just so kick ass. And that's why all of it, but it was, it was a tape deck. It was like boss. I mean, that, that's what we all loved. And then the other, the rest of the Decepticons were all F 14 jets, just all different colors. And okay. they were the Soundwave and the the Jets. They were all in that fifteen to twenty dollar range. So my point is, Ty, this first line of twenty eight were expensive as hell.
1: Yeah, that like I said, nineteen eighty four prices. I I don't know how to do the math or just update it for current day, but that that seems really expensive. Like I know my son has a Switch and we have an Xbox, and so when I look to buy new, for, when I look at new video games to buy, they're always sixty dollars, and I think that's too expensive. And that's kind of how I'd put this category of these games. And so I don't think it was mom and dad were cheap or anything. I think mom and dad realized that it was all the same thing and they weren't going to spend that amount of money on, like you said, on a bunch of hunks of plastic so that you or our oldest brother could play with Optimus Prime or Soundwave. like. I could understand buying an eighteen dollar sound wave if it turned into an actual tape deck. Well, it's not a real one. On. No, you could. That's what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could understand buying it if it turned into that, but I assume it just looked like a tape deck. So for nineteen eighty four for prices like that, that is way too rich for my blood. I'm I'm very surprised at how much they cost back then.
0: Well, so here's the thing. You had this toy line, which of that time was going to be the premier toy line. Yeah, The mm-hmm. G.I. Joe toy line, like I said, the figures were that, but there were vehicles, too, you could buy for the figures, yeah. but the figures were the main thing, and even to the mm-hmm. point of famously, uh, one of the largest, I think, toys ever made, there was an aircraft carrier made for the G.I. Joe toy line, which was, uh, which retailed for $100 in 1985.
1: Man, a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I remember, you know, being a kid and you having a bunch of Star Wars toys, and you had the Millennium Falcon. Was that ex- as expensive as these, or more? Well, the than Millennium these?
0: Falcon would have been an Optimus Prime. But here's the difference: is that's the one thing, the thing that drove the toy lines for Star Wars, GI Joe, even He-Man. To a point, were the figures; those were your entry point. Your entry point was the figures. If I wanted the number one good guy and the number one bad guy, I could get them each for three bucks a piece. Whereas if I'm playing with Transformers, I want the number one good guy, number one bad guy. Your parents are spending 50 bucks.
1: Yeah, and like, you know, I remember I was super into Ghostbusters as a kid, and I remember having the ectoplasm backpack thing that came with it. And I feel like that wasn't much more than what you're talking about. Price-wise is what you're talking about for these figures that all look the same. I I can't believe in a world mom and dad would spend more than thirty bucks on that ectoplasm backpack.
0: No, right, right. And that's what I mean. Of all these toy lines, the Transformers I think were really the kind of the the premium, the luxury vehicle, so so to say.
1: Why? That I guess that's why why were they so much more expensive than Star Wars toys or any other G.I. Joe's or anything like
0: that? A lot of things I would imagine. First off, like I said, the quality was really high. And so but
1: I mean it's made out of isn't that just like what
0: Rubik's cubes are made out of? No, there were there were metal parts. There were you know different moving pieces, and, and like I said, these were like puzzle boxes. They were pretty damn intricate. Now, having said that, they were also unique in the fact of you're an American kid and your GI Joes and Star Wars. There's differences between them, but for the most part, you could have them playing in the same field. You could put your Snake Eyes inside of an X-wing if you wanted to, or your Luke and in Star inside of like a his tank or whatever. But you could do all that stuff. Transformers were different. This was There was no competition. They were the only ones in the playing field until GoBots came along.
1: Yeah, so, so what are GoBots?
0: So GoBots were... I'm going to maybe do a longer history of it because it's going to be funnier, but okay. GoBots actually came to market in the U.S. before Transformers, and they were brought to come to the market... To basically compete against them, they were a hell of a lot cheaper. They were in that Star Wars GI Joe line. They were smaller, but I remember like the main bad guy. His name was Psy-Kill, and he turned into a motorcycle.
1: <laughs> okay, so <all> right, cycle
0: <laughs> and Cy-Kill, and yeah. I, I'm not even looking it up because that's how worthless they were. The main good guy like turned into some F14, but again, they were a lot smaller, and he was like Hero One or some BS like that. Sure. Here's the thing with GoBots. GoBots were crap. And if you went like, over here, they, they were so cheap. They were, like I said, they were a lot smaller. They fell apart easy. When they transformed, like the, the Transformers looked like real vehicles. And then when they transformed into their robot forms, they looked like real robots. Okay. It was like really well done. Even back for the 1980s, when you get to the Michael Bay live action movies, they're almost overtly intricate but mm-hmm. they were they were well thought out in the way that they worked out whereas the gobots were like the airplane is the wings you would pop off to the side and those were his arms but they still looked like wings and you would just separate the body and that would be his legs they were very very simple very good so
1: it, like i don't have an equivalent of that because as i said at the top of this like i wasn't I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love Ghostbusters. But I wasn't a big action figure guy or doll type guy. Like, I don't remember having much of that stuff. So I don't have a basis to compare. Like, I don't know what the comparison for Ninja Turtles or Ghostbusters would be. Like, I guess my comparison would be Reebok shoes, Reebok basketball shoes were a lot cheaper than Nike's and Reeboks fell apart a lot quicker. But I don't. I guess I'm confused as to why GoBots were there first, but everybody, nobody, I don't know what GoBots are, I know what Transformers are. Why Why is that the case?
0: Because I think the GoBots came to compete with the Transformers and they just weren't n- nearly as good.
1: But wouldn't Transformers come to compete with them? Because you said GoBots were here before Transformers. They were here
0: in the US. The Transformers were already a thing in Japan.
1: Okay, yeah, so, yeah. Tra- so Transformers predates GoBots. Just... The U.S. had GoBots first.
0: Yeah, basically, basically, and okay. it, right. it is. Yeah. It, that's a you can't probably go. Like I said, you could go find an early an eighty four Megatron that still works. I would be shocked unless somebody has it still in package <sighs> that there's a GoBot out there that uh, that is in one piece and they're just okay they're just I, like i encourage everybody out there you know like just google GoBots. they just look like cheap pieces of crap and they work
1: i'm gonna google it when we're done with this because <laughs> i've never even heard of them before I, it's just weird because you know like you, there's always competitors to stuff now but i didn't realize there was a competitor to transformers i didn't know there i don't it, i'm sure there's a competitor to gi joe too but i i don't know of it
0: yeah and they were i mean again with also i can say this about the transformers why did it survive it had a cartoon it had mm-hmm. a comic book. Now GoBots, I I don't know if they had a comic book, but it wasn't made by Marvel. Okay. And right. before people like you know, well, yeah, Marvel's a big, big deal. Marvel was a big deal. And then in the nineteen eighties and like nineteen nineties, Marvel went bankrupt. I mean, a lot of people oh, don't wow. even know this. Yeah. And it's uh yeah. it's it, but You know, Marvel was getting into these promoting these toy lines, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and uh like He Man stuff like that, and making these comics. And the the G.I. Joe comic, and that's again when I do that story, is is kind of an outlier. It was fairly successful. The trans and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the history of the next one. The Transformer comic was just again, just an acid dream. It was obviously uh, okay. there to sell toys. And that sure. is one of the issues because this first half here. I'm covering mostly the toy line. That was one of the issues early on with the Transformers toy line is you got to keep feeding the beast. So every year more and more stuff is coming up. Like there was a Transformer who transformed into a UFO. OK, the whole point is they're <laughs> supposed to be their Their tagline is robots in disguise. So okay, yeah. you see a semi truck going down the street and it turns into a robot. You're like, oh my god, holy crap! You see a UFO car. You're already going, holy crap! If a UFO crosses the yeah. sky, and then there were famously, oh god,
1: I was just say you don't need that double of like, oh my god, when it's a robot, but then it transforms into a UFO. That's yeah.
0: And then there were the Dinobots, which were very popular. They're very cool. I've heard of those. Yeah, but they they were robots that transformed into dinosaurs. Um, and then, there, weird. Let's see. There was uh, Omega Supreme, which I, I kid you not. I tried to look up some of the retails on this. I think this thing must have been in the mid 80s, retailed for 50, 60 bucks. It transformed into a city.
1: Holy cow. With a
0: rocket on it, or it's like a track or something with a rocket on it and like a train on it. And there's like Fortress Maximus, which turned into a city. And then, wow. famously, when I talk about the movie, there's Unicron, who transforms into a planet. So, Jeez. <laughs> so these there were some big things, but I mean they were running. They had some stupid, stupid ideas, and even the toy line would introduce these things like headmasters. So, look, you have Optimus Prime. Everybody bought it. Well, now we got to sell you a new Optimus Prime. So they created this toy line where little people figurines transform into the head of the of the transformer. So now you have more crap to lose or famously one of the stupidest damn things ever, the pretenders, okay? You're already robots in disguise. So now they had something where your robot form could be encased in a human shell. Look, the first line of transformers was great. It was innovative, but man, they ran out of ideas really quick. Ty. I
1: was just say is this too much too fast because all this stuff sounds just sounds like way too much way too fast they couldn't meet supply and demand and like you said i'm sure there was a lot of people in offices doing scarface levels of cocaine (laughs) trying to come up with stuff and they're like pretenders we can put robots and human things are you said omega supreme that sounds like something at taco bell where they put together (laughs) like four of their different things and call it that yeah so yeah it just it just seems like they didn't know what they had on their hands until they started selling all these things. And then it became a deal of, well, we have to make more. It's kind of like the whole, why capitalism is bad is that there's never enough. You always Mm want to do the next thing. And that seems exactly what happened with transformers.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, uh, Yeah, one of the whole thing that gave me, I want to do this series is I got this book about basically the history of He-Man toys. And that that is just pure, that's not people doing drugs, that's people living in alternate realities, creating things. I mean, when I talk, tell you the tale of Fisto, the bearded man with a giant left fist. I mean, that, that left somebody's office and got put out that, on the toy line.
1: That sounds like something Trey Parker and Matt Stone <laughs> would have done for their movie Orgasmo. Made uh-huh. a character called Fist. Yeah.
0: So that you'll get there. Transformers was trying, in the early days, was trying to really go by this this robots in disguise thing. Uh, one, you know, one of them I said, hold on, let me look at my notes here. Um, jazz. You we know, were talking about Jazz. Yeah, 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 yeah. He turned into a Porsche. It looked like a Porsche. It looked like a 911 from that era. It looked great. And then when he, I mean, his his chest, he looked a little busty because he had the hood of the car as his chest. Which, sure. which by the way, Transformers have no gender until they decided to create a girl Transformer named RC. So that's a, I, I have no idea what that is.
1: So we are, we are supposed to assume that every single Transformer except for RC is male?
0: Yeah, and I'll get into the quote – how the Transformers explain their history in the second half because it's just –
1: So why did they feel the need to gender uh, uh, this RC person? Why did they feel the need to do that?
0: Girls buy toys too.
1: Yeah, I know, but <laughs> girls can buy any transformer <laughs> they want. Why do they have to have a "quote unquote" girls? I form, have a feeling. Transform? I have
0: a feeling that something like RC came around the same time like She-Ra was coming around because the Heat okay, Man.
1: She-Ra is, is is like a a goddess type thing. Transformers are robots in disguise. <laughs> robots a... don't have gender.
0: <laughs> That's a, I, I. I'm just telling you. So
1: I... again, not to get on my you know my high horse, but but they're robots. Robots <laughs> mm-hmm. don't have gender.
0: Oh, you're, you're right. The point is of this early line, and they would do – like there were things uh, – the, the I was an Autobot, I believe, or something. There was one called Perceptor who turned into a uh, microscope. You know, that, that was oh, interesting. That was different. And then yeah. with how great Soundwave was, they ended up making an Autobot named Blaster, who was exactly the same thing. But it was the good guy because everybody wanted this cool ass boom box. Oh, well, you can't be bad guys. So you got to do that.
1: Oh, it just, Again, I, it's just too much, too fast. They didn't they needed a bad guy for every good guy and just it sounds like there's way too much going on in the transformers building in the 80s and, and 90s I'm sure and then to
0: end on especially I'm talking about the early phase cuz that's what set the stage for everything else they would have a uh, two i i know i know i'm missing some and I'll talk about beast wars in the in the second half guys but they would have these Uh, They were called triple changers because I remember I had one of them as a kid, which would change from a robot to a train to a space shuttle, which was pretty cool. That sounds rad. And then the big one is the um, the Constructicons. They made a couple other teams like this, but they would make smaller ones that the Constructicons all turned into like uh, you know construction vehicles. And I said famously in the movie, the Constructicon was in the second Bay movie, was the one that had the two the two wrecking balls where it's testicles and John Turturro's oh. like I'm right underneath the robot's testicles. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. But Terrible. you would <laughs> buy these little ones for like five bucks. You need to buy six of them to create this big robot. So your parents are really spending 30 damn dollars on this thing.
1: Yeah, these people aren't dummies. But again, it's just it's it's too much too fast. And all these names are just to me, it's it's like the people in the room just added on to everything, and that's they how did. they got their robot name.
0: They did, and when they ran out of these original ideas, ideas even before they went to the pretenders, they made the Insecticons,
1: which it's like you know, which are insects. Yeah, I assume? yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it it makes very very little sense. It, it was a toy line that came out hot, but man, did it fizzle quickly, and I mean, really yeah. quickly.
1: It sounds super quick.
0: We'll break here, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to talk about the movies, the TV shows, the general history, and just to ask you the question, Ty, they just announced a new Transformers movie the other day. How the hell does this thing keep going?
1: Oh, my God. I didn't know that happened, so I'm very interested.
0: Hello, all this is RD, and I want to take a minute here just to talk to you about how you can support this great podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, all the work we do on Seedsing.com, and especially all the hard work that Ty does bringing you the sports knowledge and the pop culture knowledge that you just so deeply want, and how you can support me bringing you all the political knowledge that you definitely do not want. We have a Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com and look up the X millennial Man podcast. And for just five bucks a month, guys, you are going to continue to be able to give you all this great content, give you the things that we are also craving that we know we need. And then in addition to that, we're going to be launching a Patreon-only podcast called the X millennial Man Political Report, where we're going to go through kind of more of a deep dive on my personal thoughts and other people's thoughts on what's going on politically around our country. That way we can keep the X millennial Man as... Your place where you're going to go to find out all the most important things. Guys, we created this, Ty and I did, because me being from Generation X and he being a millennial, honestly, I was tired of hearing about Citizen Kane's The Greatest Movie Ever. It's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but we got, kind of got tired of, wait, nothing since Citizen Kane can be better? I mean, come on, Back to the Future is way better. To some of us, Fast and Furious movies are way better. This is a place where we can talk about that stuff and where you're going to get that, again, not opinion, true fact of what is the greatest ever, when it comes to music, sports, politics, all that stuff, is Seedsing.com and the X Millennial Man podcast. So come on over to Patreon. Five bucks a month is all it is. And hey, if there's something more you need from that, come hit us up. Tell us. You need t-shirts? We can give you t-shirts. You need handshakes? Maybe we can give you that. But come on over to Patreon, the X Millennial Man podcast, and now I'm going to get you back to the conversation. Okay, Ty, like I said, you can't, you can't just sell a toy line unless those kids are in there saying, go buy me Transformers or go to hell, which, <laughs> yeah. s- sorry, Mom and Dad. No,
1: but Bart, our Homer has the best line after Bart says that to him where he says, in this house, we use a little word called please, <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so shortly... After the toys come out, you have the comic book going. There was a cartoon I had to rush home and see. And to of any kid, any boy, especially of my age, this is part of the soundtrack of our life. Okay, so back in uh, my youth, Ty, while our mother cared for a tender young baby, and I'm all hopped up on chocolate sugar puffs and Mm. you know high C and all that crap, I go in and get that 30 seconds of pure just sugar nostalgia of that song just pumping through me to sit down and watch a Transformers cartoon. Now. The story very loosely, because a comic book story is much more interesting, is that the Autobots and Decepticons are fighting some war and they crash land on Earth. And they're dormant for like millions of years. And then they wake up one day and they start fighting again. And they want to get Energon, this energy, so they could go back to their home world of Cybertron. What's really cool about the cartoon, though, is... So, so you odds. Yes. So you've got all the good guys, obviously, led by the heroic Optimus Prime. They all knew that every kid had Bumblebee, so Bumblebee was really the focus of a lot of episodes of being what did we say in like baseball, he's scrappy or yeah. in football or something like that that's what bumblebee was he was scrappy and they would have some human characters that we could relate with it had your heroes but the best part was the bad guys and i remember in early and i mean this is when they first started cracked article wrote a how many times megatron should have killed star article and it was just from the first episode and they were like 10 seconds in two minutes in because all star screen who is one of the jets would do is try to undermine this dude's leadership and he would just yeah. always put up with it. As a matter of fact, there's a famous meme out there or, or a gif out there where you just see Megatron go, Scars star scream, you're stupid. And that's that's from that first episode. So as a kid, that's a crap watching and seeing that. The G.I. Joe stuff was goofy and it had its whole you know, knowing is half the battle crap at the end, like, yep. hey kids, don't play with down power lines. Gee, thanks, roadblock. I mean, it it's got this <laughs> other little little piece in our head, or even the He-Man ones, they'd have a whole He-Man show about killing lizard men with a big sword and at the end he's like you know somebody comes up and says you should try drugs don't do drugs it's like crap he man that makes a lot of sense (laughs) (laughs) i mean transformers didn't do that crap okay so maybe we don't remember it as well
1: so i just just that theme song right there i obviously know you know transformers robots in disguise i didn't know the rest of the song so there's two things that i took away from that the first one is is i would have loved to have been in the record room when they're recording that song, just to be with the people who are recording that, because that would have been absolutely fascinating to see them write this song and like use that transform use that robotic sounding voice for something and being like, Oh, we're going to rhyme Decepticons here with something else. But the other thing I think about when I hear that theme song, again, we're going to reference the Sips as a ton, but it's when they're in Japan and Bart is watching that seizure that seizures the robot show that gives you seizures because there's so many lights flashing. They play that song at the end of that Simpsons episode. So that's what I gleaned from hearing that theme song. I know you said it's the soundtrack to your youth, but to me, it it's just absolutely and utterly ridiculous.
0: Oh, yeah. This, I think, goes along with the toy line. Like I said, the G.I. Joe, Star Wars, He-Man, all that stuff still had some interest. Its cartoon is a little bit better. I've gone back and revisited these things from my youth and— the Transformers cartoon is just flat out dumb. And it just makes no sense.
1: I didn't realize, and I should have, because pretty much everything, everything like that is based on a comic book. I didn't know Transformers was a comic book. I thought it was a cartoon, a toy, and a movie series. I didn't realize there was a comic book attached to it. Which I'm sure is probably, like, pretty dark and probably tells better stories than the TV show or movies ever did.
0: Well, and here, so I've got, I during the pandemic, I purchased Comicology, which is uh, a service through Amazon. It's got a bunch of comic books, and you pay monthly. So one of the s- series they have on there are the old original Transformer comic books, and so I'll sit back and read it. I'm going to tell you, Ty, it is, I it, look... The guy who started writing it, who wrote about half of them, a uh, writer named Bob Budinsky, all the history I see about this guy, he did heroes' work, okay? They came to him, and they said, here's a bunch of robots that turn into cars. I want you to tell the whole history of them and name every single one of them. And he's like, <laughs> okay. okay." Well, the problem is, and I go back to the Transformers, is what you get like 12 comic books a year, but there's always a new toy line coming out. And yeah. Budinsky had to keep incorporating the new toy line. And it's very interesting when I talk about the G.I. Joe one, what uh, Larry Hama, the guy that wrote those comics, how he did it mm. was very different. I think Budinsky at the end is, look, I can't don't have time to give these things personality. So no. every like 10 issues or so, you're completely dropping storylines. And it's like, yeah. w- what is it? I think it's, it's within the first 20 issues. So within the first uh, two years. Megatron and Optimus Prime fight each other again. This is mid-80s. Fight each other in some video game and they say whoever loses is going to blow themselves up. And yeah. at the end Optimus Pr- or Megatron cheated to win, but Optimus Prime said the deal was I have to I have to lose. And the last panel of the comic book is him exploding. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. He comes back later on because obviously they were selling a new updated version of him. And the way well, he he's came a robot. Yes. The way he came back is the guy who made the video game saved Optimus Prime on a three and a half inch floppy disc. Now, for reference, Ty, that disc today, I think i looked it up, would hold 30 seconds of an MP3.
1: Oh, my God. So That's crazy. So Technology is wild. Right.
0: But then he comes back, but then Megatron dies, and they keep bringing people in. And I, I mean it, Ty. This thing makes no goddamn sense. There is...
1: I'm sh- yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Now, and, you know, being a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, I recently, because during the pandemic, I subscribed to a Patreon that Scott Arkman and Sean Diston do where they talk about it, and I didn't realize Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a comic, so I went online and read it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if I had read the comic first before anything else, I would have been mortified because the comic book is very brutal and very bloody. So I just I don't give comic books the do that I should because all this stuff like you mentioned Marvel and DC and Transformers and Ninja Turtles and, and all this stuff comes from comic books. So mm-hmm. comic books are amazing. I need to give them their just due.
0: In the case of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that started as a comic. That was
1: yeah, that yeah, and it was like a black and white comic, and it was it's brutal, absolutely brutal.
0: So there was, I mean, there a comic book. I do know there was a, a later writer, and I'm just getting to that point. A guy named Simon Furman. I think a lot of people say he's the 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 people that like the comic book they like him more. But in the case of that, again, Budinsky had had to do hero's work. By the yeah, time they get, right, by the time you get later into the comic books, there there's probably a little bit more establishment and they're not look, mm-hmm. if you're coming out with transformers that transform into cities and planets and crap like that, yeah. you're probably not coming out with 30 every year. So he, you know, the field was a lot smaller. But Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about peer marketing, okay? Mm-hmm. So in 1986, Favorite toy line, and this is at the height of the Transformers, when it was big, when it was doing really well. They come out with the the cartoon, the comic book, everything's hitting on all cylinders. They come out with a feature-length movie, okay? Now, this is at a time, Ty, where Disney is basically nothing. Their animation, Mm -hmm. they haven't made a big animated movie in decades. This is before Pixar. Animated movies, it's a different beast altogether. It's it's nothing that we see, and especially an animated movie that's not going to be rated G. Sitting in the movie theater scene, I don't know, whatever, The uh, Return of the Jedi was after that. I'm sitting there, and I get a preview for this.
1: Hold on tight. The most incredible rock and roll adventure ever is here. Feed him to the shock Starring Judd Nelson as Hot Rod, Leonard Nimoy as... Galvatron And Orson Welles (laughs) Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination Transformers, the movie Coming to a theater near you this August. Should have ended that with brought to you by cocaine.
0: (laughs) So it came out in August of 1986. That means I was 11 years old. I was four. I was probably sitting in the movie theater thinking, hell yeah, Transformers movie. And then being like a rock and roll adventure for our time. What the hell does that mean? (laughs) And who the hell's Judd Nelson? And Orson Welles? Leonard Nimoy? (laughs) I guess I knew Leonard Nimoy as Spock, but
1: <laughs> did you though? You were eleven. Were you watching Star Trek back then?
0: I, well, there was Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan, and then the one where they got the whales. I think was around there. So, so maybe maybe our dad had to say, "Oh, that guy plays Spock." Oh, okay, that's who that is. So,
1: I will say though, like, and you and I, you can correct me on the movie, but I remember you and I went to see—I want to say The Incredibles or something—when that came out, and they showed a preview for a Star Wars movie, Revenge that was of coming the Sith. Okay, coming out on your birthday, so I imagine you had the exact same feelings seeing that Transformers preview as you did seeing Revenge of the Sith, and I bet you you had the exact same feeling after seeing both movies.
0: Well, so the Transformers movie, let me talk about that for a moment. Also,
1: Revenge of the Sith stinks. (laughs) Okay.
0: The Transformers movie, especially for the time you look at it, the movie looks amazing. And this idea that loosely the plot is Orson Welles plays the voice of Unicron. Yes, Orson Welles in man. his last <laughs> film ever. By the way, oh, God. <laughs> so he really he really had a bad yes wife, he, man. yes he did. <laughs> he plays this this planet that eats other planets called Unicron, and that uh, kind of oh, fitting. By the way, it takes place this him. movie takes place in the future in two thousand and five.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: so, so that's the whole kind of plot that they, they got to stop Unicron before it goes eats Earth or Cybertron or whoever. I can't remember. This is what I know. This movie an hour and a half long. And again, it looks Whoa. great. And it starts off with all your heroes, the ones you love to hate. It's got Megatron and Starscream and Optimus Prime. But for some reason, they keep focusing on this guy, the one I showed you at the beginning. You know? Yeah, Hot Rod. Hot Rod, voiced by Judd Nelson
1: pre-breakfast club right no i think this
0: is right after breakfast club oh, okay you're wondering like why the hell is it focusing on this guy and it's not just that so eric Idle from monty python he plays a voice yeah. in there and then uh there's uh gosh who am i who am i missing there is leonard nimoy eric Idle, a uh, weird al song's on the soundtrack dare to be stupid nice. on the soundtrack and then the i honestly ty the only guy i probably recognized when i saw all the people in the movie was uh, john Moshetta or john moschetti yeah. do you know who that is no idea. Here, I'm gonna play this for you.
1: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And in conclusion, Jim, Bill, Bob, call Fred, Low, eight of ten. Business machine. is business, and as we all know, in order to get something done, you gotta do something. In order to do something, you get
0: yeah. What'd you say? Micro, micro machine. Y- yes, right. Micro machine <laughs> guy. That's the only dude I probably knew in that movie. He played <laughs> some transformer named Blur. But here's here's a famous thing about the movie. When the movie came out, a new line of transformers was coming out. There was a new main bad guy named galvatron who turned into a laser gun. Okay. There okay. was some new futuristic-looking uh, like jets called uh, the Scourges, sweep and Scourge. That's who it was. And you had a new leader named Rodimus Prime, plus a new truck named Ultra Magnus. And my point is, you have all these new ones coming out. And this is a true story. So what they did is the uh, Hasbro went to the people who were making the movie, and they said, you need to kill all the old Transformers. Ugh. So I'm 11 years old. In the first 30 minutes of a 90-minute movie, you see half of all the Autobots get blasted. And I mean, when I say blasted, there's no blood, obviously, but it is gruesome. Their mouths are spitting fire. They're exploding. Megatron's out there just killing cats left and right. And then he goes to fight uh, Optimus Prime, and Optimus Prime famously dies. I was was telling my son, a YouTuber, he really likes, this guy Dan TDM. I told him, I go, it'd be like if you're watching Dan TDM and two minutes in, he dies, and suddenly Stan TDM comes in. <laughs>
1: That's a that's a gruesome way to teach your you're son right. about that.
0: That's what happened, though. I was 11 watching this I crap. Say,
1: he's the same as you, so that's yeah, how you learned, I'm, I guess. Yeah,
0: I'm like, this is maybe why I just don't like Judd Nelson. He never did anything to me, but he, <laughs> he replaced he replaced Optimus Prime. And,
1: and no, again, I keep talking like Simpsons and Ninja Turtles, but if I went to see the first Ninja Turtles, you're right. It would be like them killing off Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello, mm-hmm. Raphael and just have making a, four new Ninja Turtles. Yes.
0: and say, so now you root for these guys. Yeah, it's like,
1: <laughs> no, I don't.
0: <laughs> and so, and they did it. They did it, so they thought kids were going to walk out in the theater and say, well, forget Optimus Prime and Megatron, I'm going to go buy these new ones now. But no, we no. left the theater <laughs> devastated.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I would have been crying again, referencing The Simpsons, but when Homer beats up the one guy and the little boy says, stop hitting him, he's already dead. That's how I would have felt.
0: And then when I went back to watch the cartoon, it's all these new guys, but even worse, you're not paying Judd Nelson and Leonard Nimoy to voice these in this stupid Saturday morning cartoon. So now the voices sound different and that was it for me. I just gave up on Transformers forever.
1: I think I would have too. Again, it it would be like if they did that with Ninja Turtles or if they did that with Ghostbusters and stuff. I really liked as a kid. If they just changed it all, I would have been like... I would have been like you. I've been, nope, I'm, I'm done with this, this whole thing. I'm done with it.
0: It would have been if in the Frank Grimes episode, Homer died, and y- now you follow yes. Frank Grimes <laughs> everywhere. And we're, we're following Grimey for the, <laughs> the rest of the series of Simpsons. Yeah, it died out now, or that version of Transformers died out. I say, out. yeah. And they tried to keep it alive. It just, it, it didn't really, it didn't work. You know, again, they had this stupid pretender thing. They had this. I was away from it. I know in the mid-1980s, they were trying to revive a lot of—or mid-1990s, sorry. They were trying to revive a lot of these toy lines. Uh, G.I. Joe, they had G.I. Joe Extreme because, you know, it's the 1990s, which isn't as bad. I did that Joe on Joe podcast, and we covered one of the Extreme episodes, but I don't think it was quite as bad. They they tried to upgrade He-Man into a more extreme era. Well, Transformers did come out with something called Beast Wars, and I know a lot of people talk very fondly of it. It looks like PlayStation 1 graphics, but people say the story is really, really good. They say it really adds to the mythology. Like I said, they just announced another live-action movie, and it's going to be based off of that line. I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. I didn't look that much into it, but Transformers were completely off my radar until 2007.
1: Is that the Michael Bay?
0: So in 2007, this is what I saw in the movie theater. Whatever fell out of the sky ended up right behind me here. It sounded like several sonic booms. At 0900, Soxson Ford Operations Base in Qatar was attacked.
1: The only lead we have is this sound. MH3 pilot, power down now. Have your crew step out or we will kill you.
0: Not gonna play the whole thing, Ty, because a lot of it is that boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna tell you, when I was recording that and I was watching that trailer, it looked badass. <laughs> I mean, it looked so badass. Even the the quick shot of Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox and mm-hmm. John Turturro looking all nervous, and it, I mean, the movie looked incredible. And then Michael Bay's Transformers movie came out. Now
1: Michael Bay is a less <laughs> talented Joel Schumacher. <laughs> yeah.
0: I actually liked this first Transformers movie. Oh hold on, hold on. I don't love it, but I like it. I do. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think it's that bad. Bernie Mac is in it. I mean, there's a lot of people in this movie, but yep. it made oh. a lot of money. So the animated movie from the '80s did not do well in the theater. It got mo- I did well on like VHS, and people still have you know look at it fondly. but yeah, that first Transformers movie made 700 million dollars in 2007. You know, movies weren't making a billion dollars then, so it had yeah. a sequel, Revenge of the mm-hmm. Fallen, which is one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: Never saw it.
0: That's the one with robot testicles, and that's the one yeah, also yeah, yeah. where there's two two. I don't know if they're. I think they're Autobots, but they speak in. If you and I were to say, "What do urban kids sound like?" That's gotcha. it, there. It's incredibly <laughs> racist. It's Jar Jar okay. Banks would look at that and buy a use of racist or something like that. It is so bad. Sweet Jar Jar Banks impression. <laughs> that movie made $836 million. Jesus. Transformers Dark of the Moon, which the only good thing about that one, that's one where Bay ruined Shockwave for me. They do the last like 30 minutes of that movie is them just absolutely destroying Chicago. And it's a set piece that looks amazing. But the point is, by this time, I don't care who any of these people are. Now, Dark of the Moon, though, who's a oh, Francis McDormand's in it. Three-time Oscar winner. <laughs> $1.12 wow. billion is what it made. Transformers Age of Extinction. The only good thing about that one is Kelsey Grammer is in it playing Sideshow Bob. The, the character's <laughs> name's not Sideshow Bob, but it's Sideshow Bob. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it also has the dino bots in it, which again, all of this looks amazing, but the stories are so stupid. And it's a Michael Bay movie. you, it, He doesn't hold a shot for two seconds. It made $1.1 billion. $1.
1: Jesus.
0: And then That's the,
1: so much money.
0: The Last Night, which uh, was. I made um, five of these? Yes, yes. These are all the Bay ones, I'm saying. These are all the ones Michael Bay has made. The Last night, which the story – that's the one I haven't seen. I've actually seen the other ones. I just won't see after – I've been burned too many times. But Anthony Hopkins is in this one, and the whole story about the Transformers been around always in history, and they were part of Cain Arthur's quarter. I don't know. I just couldn't. It it only made $605 so they're starting to trend down. Well, then they decided they gave it to somebody else—a whole new creative mm. team. They are like do what you want. He made a reboot. His movie's Bumblebee, which I've talked about before. Yeah. It—I mean, it made four hundred and sixty-eight million dollars. It did well, but it didn't do as well. And so they kind of scrapped those plans, which sucks because Bumblebee is actually a really good movie. The movie yeah, I've we all want. Really good reviews. Yes, yeah. yeah. it's the movie that people like me we want it. That's what we wanted, mm. and then they scrapped it, and now they have this. This uh, Transformers Beast Wars movie coming out that they just announced. So these movies have made an ungodly amount of money and 90% of it is all crap.
1: I haven't seen Bumblebee or any of the other ones. I saw the first one and I did not like it. I did not enjoy it because I don't like Michael Bay. Like I said, he's a less talented Joel Schumacher, in my opinion. And you're right. He doesn't hold any shots. He doesn't do anything that I. his movies are just explosion, explosion, loud, loud stuff good-looking girl. That's all That's all he does in his movies. So I don't enjoy his movies, but clearly the dude knows how to make a movie that's going to make money, and I can't believe they made five of those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bumblebee seems like something your generation, who these toys are made for, would love, but I bet you your generation are the only people who went to see these movies. It is. And, and, and
0: Generation X is a smaller generation, so... Yeah. It is. And it's, you know, if you look at it, it's the best reviewed of all of them. It's uh, mm-hmm. the one that has like the highest IMDb score. It's just, a, yeah. it's not only that, it's a better movie. It's a nostalgic movie because it takes place in the mid 1980s. The soundtrack is freaking the Smiths. And they even well, in a a good little Easter egg, there's a time where they play that stupid song from the animated movie You Got the Touch. T- t- <laughs> so, you know, all of us in the theater are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a movie it made it bubble- with K. Also,
1: yeah yeah and doesn't bumblebee isn't bumblebee a bug in that movie yes he is bug? Yeah.
0: yeah he is they do to <laughs> show the continuity because they do create that the transformers can change the way they look to create that mm-hmm. kind of continuity they make him change to a, a camaro at the end but, sure, uh, but and like i said one of our greatest comic act- actors john cena's in it so you can't <laughs> you can't deny that dude is funny. I gotta give him
1: that. <laughs> he is. He's funny. He may he may not know that uh, Taiwan isn't a country, but the dude is funny.
0: <laughs> that's, well, <laughs> that's that's not what I'm paying him for. I'm paying him yeah. to to finally make Suicide Squad worth watching. That's what I'm paying him uh, for.
1: Well, you're paying James
0: Gunn <laughs> to hopefully
1: make Suicide Squad watchable. <laughs> yeah, and then
0: to come full circle to all of this stuff, all of these things, I'm in I'm in Target with my son the other day. I'm looking around. Just looking at my nostalgic toys because they're coming out with all the He-Man and all uh-huh. your Ghostbusters stuff they're talking about. And I happened to see down in the corner poor forgotten Hot Rod sitting there <laughs> with uh, his Matrix of Leadership, which is the Autobot life source or something. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, I've been mean to Rodimus Prime too long or to Hot Rod too long. And I picked him up and I spent 20 bucks for myself Gosh. to buy myself my own little Transformer.
1: You're gonna have to take a picture of that and post it with this podcast because <laughs> <I'm going to. laughs> you've shown me that like four times now on this on this audio medium that we're using.
0: Because that's that's what that's what happened is I think to myself as eleven years old and I'm like, who the hell is this hot rod? You know, why is Judd Nelson ruining my childhood? He's the worst person ever. Why are they doing any of this stuff? And then I see on Amazon for two bucks one day I can get the Transformers movie, and I'm like, okay. And I relive it all again, thinking, man, why are they killing everybody? Except I will say this. When the resurrected Megatron, who's now Galvatron, goes to kill Starscream, it's pretty badass. And it's done to some... Like the music from the Transformers animated movie, I equate it to County Fair hard rock, is what it sounds like. (laughs) And so you've got this just totally cheesy hard rock, like, and while he's killing them or blowing them up or whatever. So it's cool. But there it is, Ty. There is my oral history of the transformers
1: it's just so wild to me because you know transformers have been around my the entirety of my life pretty much and i've never had a second thought about it but it's just so 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 much dig into it seems like there's way too much of it to dig into and i i mean i have the time the pandemic's still going on it's just i don't want to put forth the effort i suppose and michael bay it sounds like he not only ruined Transformers, but again, he also ruined Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so why would I want to put myself through Michael Bay ruining another yeah. another thing? But I, I would be interested to go back and watch the the original one with Judd Nelson, just to hear <laughs> Judd Nelson and Leonard Nimoy <laughs> and Orson Welles do voices <laughs> in this movie.
0: <laughs> it's wild. It's, it's, it's wild. And I would be remiss if I didn't forget, I know when my son was uh, first born. The Transformers Rescue Bots show was on one of the kids' yep. channels. And a big deal. Still a big deal. And he, as a yep. kid, had some very like, simple Transformer toys. He never really got into it. He didn't care about it Not in the end. But I know that was, a, that was a big thing. And Netflix has a, a big series on, which I'm going to be honest, I've attempted to watch. But to me, Transformers are something worth playing with. I don't need to hear about their convoluted story of some Absolutely. robot creating them to... I don't know, do whatever. And then they have a civil war and then Orson Welles transforms into a planet to go eat them. And I I mean, it is so, the storyline, it's trying to be Shakespearean, but it's like Shakespeare's, drug-addled cousin writing it instead i mean it is just absolutely but as toys like i said i got my hot rod this it and it is a reissue of the hot rod that came out in 1986 they're well made they're you know fun to move around with so i, I guess yeah. if i had to say it was a toy line that suffered from its story and suffered from the greed of the people that ran it
1: that's a perfect way to put it they're, they could not there was there was never going to be an ending point with them. It no. was never enough is what I gathered from this
0: no, and that's that's the thing they' were re- they're releasing all the original
1: ones <laughs> yeah, I know I the original
0: yeah ones I know now. I've seen like uh, on the the shelves at Walmart and Target. I know I've seen some headmaster ones, but I just walk right past them
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what you should do.
0: All right, Ty. Well, uh, people need to find you to give you a more detailed history of the Transformers that I didn't give you. (laughs) Where are they going to find you?
1: I think you gave me the most detailed version I'm ever going to get. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Ty Kulik, T-Y-K-U-L-I-K. More importantly, read my stuff on Seedsing, dot com. They do all the pop culture, all the sports writing on there. Come check it out. I'm proud of the stuff I write. You can hear me on this podcast. Like you said, I had some time off, but I'm back so you can hear me on this podcast the X millennial man podcast rate review us tell your friends about us check out our patreon and just two quick things real quick you mentioned it to me and a friend did everybody i highly 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 recommend watching bo burnham's new comedy special inside on netflix i think it is the best representation of life throughout this pandemic that we're living in right now it's depressing and it's sad and it's uh It'll punch you in the gut, but I think it's really, 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 really worth your time to watch that. It's one of the, not to sound pretentious, but I'm going to sound pretentious. It's one of the best works of art I've ever seen. And also, as I end all the podcasts that I'm on, Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated and Black Lives Matter.
0: Yeah, I, I agree about the Bo Burnham, though well, I agree about everything you say there, but that Bo Burnham thing is, I talk about the Transformers movie being an hour and a half long, it's a half hour of terror, followed by an hour of what the hell just happened. That uh, that Bo Burnham special is an hour and a half long, and it, it is, I'll be pretentious, it is, it is pure and utter art. And yeah, absolutely. All the accolades it's getting are well, well, well deserved. Yes. With that being said, we thank you for your ears. Anything else that you may use to listen to the X millennial Man podcast. Remember, we are here every Saturday for free, wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. I'm still trying to think about what I want to do next week because it will be the 4th of July, but we're going to do something. I will tell Absolutely. you that. I have a few ideas, so I'll talk to you then, Todd. Huh?
1: Sounds good. Mm-hmm.
0: The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSane.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulick & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.